Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to us on our podcast today. I'm Kevin Perich, and I'll be your host. Uh, we've got a great topic today. We'll be spending some time talking about uh, things that youth are facing today and the challenges that uh, come with meeting those needs of uh, the youth. And today we have uh, um, a great guy that's spent some time to come out and uh, just to speak on this. Uh, uh, Matt Crabtree is student pastor of Wallace Memorial Baptist Church in Knoxville. And he's been there for a few years and he has uh, agreed to come out and just uh, uh, share with us and just have a conversation about what's going on with youth today. Matt, I appreciate you being here. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I've now been doing student ministry for about four years now. Uh, just in wrapping up my first full year uh, as a student pastor, I uh, spent the first three years as an intern under our student pastor at the time, Jared uh, Morgan, who has transitioned into a role as our communications pastor at our church, but just learned a ton from him about what student ministry looks like and uh, just really excited to get into this role. But uh, it's definitely not what I always thought I was going to do. Uh, I went to university, the University of Tennessee and graduated in 2013 with a degree in sport management. And so I thought that I was going to have a career uh, in college athletics and working in that. And then God just really started to stir my heart uh, the year after I graduated that that wasn't where uh, I needed to be. And so I uh, just uh, surrendered that to that calling uh, that, God, that God had on my life. And, uh, and now I definitely don't regret a thing of it at all. Yeah, so, great. Well, now Wallace yeah. has two campuses. Now mm -hmm. that that in itself is a challenge. I know you run around a hundred uh, youth in your ministry. Mm -hmm. So what's the challenges that you struggle with trying to uh, just balance two campuses? Yeah, it's definitely a struggle, especially in this first year, because I'm trying to, I guess, establish myself on. I guess it's hard enough to do that in your first year on one campus, much less have another campus to kind of have to remember. And I think one of the most difficult things is that on Sunday mornings, we have what we call connect groups, essentially the same thing as Sunday school. And we have our Facebook page and communication with the leaders. And a lot of times that communication is done about our Wallace campus and trying to communicate uh, things that are going on or changes or if we have to meet as a large group instead of splitting off. And then sometimes kind of forgetting, oh, yeah, there's another connect group meeting over at our Cumberland campus and those same leaders are in that same group. And so it's just kind of making sure that everybody's on the same page while also understanding that they kind of have their own needs at another campus. And so it's just kind of remembering that that honestly that they're there sometimes because uh, it's so easy when you're only on one campus. And so I've kind of had to adapt and learn that maybe I need to spend more time over the other campus on Sunday mornings, getting to know those students as well. Even though I do see them on Wednesday nights, it's in a much larger setting. So it's a lot harder to kind of get to know them right. uh, in the larger setting. Like yeah. That. And, and as volunteers play a pretty important part of that. Oh yeah. A big part. Uh, we have uh, our connect group leaders over there, Jimmy and Jessica Parks. 
who do an amazing job on Sunday mornings uh, with them, but they also, outside of church, get together with them. They go and uh, I think they've gone hiking before, and they get together at their house for just game nights and stuff. And so they do an amazing job uh, just making them feel welcome and making them feel like that they're still part of the larger group as a whole, while also keeping their identity as the Cumberland campus and as students at the Cumberland campus as well. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about your passion for youth ministry. Yeah, it's just uh, a lot of the passion with me is just the relationships that I can have with the students, um, and which uh, I guess we'll be talking about here in a little bit. But they, it, I think that they just they crave those relationships and they crave mentoring. Uh, and I feel like a lot of the times the older generation can can look down on this generation and say they don't want anything to do with us, they don't respect us. And I really think with millennials and then Gen Z, a lot that I work with. They crave that attention. They crave that mentorship that older people can give to them. Uh, even if it's as simple as just simple life skills, uh, like even knowing how to change a tire or, or anything like that, that a lot of people even my age don't know how to do anymore. But a lot of times that's an easy gateway into building that relationship with them to where even if they are resistant to the gospel or resistant to that message, if you have that close relationship and they know that and feel that they, you actually genuinely care about them, they're a lot more receptive to what you're going to be teaching them. Well, what do you see with that? What, what do you see that the, the trend is? What's trending with youth now? I think that the trends, it, it's moving away. I think for a long time it was, uh, what's the next big flashy event? What's the... What's the big giveaway? What what prizes can we say? Like, let's give away an iPad tonight or something just to get them there. And and I think that, that we're moving away from that or that student ministry is moving away from that because they can get that in other places. They don't have to get that from church anymore. And so I think it all goes back to those relationships. They have this sense to want to, one, I think belong uh, to a group. I think now with social media and students can feel disconnected to the world. And so they want to belong so bad and they, they try to find it through Snapchat and Instagram, the community that's online until they realize that it's not authentic, that what they have on social media isn't real. And so they want those real friendships, that real bonding that forms when they're together with a group. So I think it's just creating environments and events that, that kind of helps foster that, mm-hmm. foster that relationship building, that group time. Um, but then also them just having a sense that they're a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And so uh, genuinely uh, responding to what the what scripture teaches us to do and, and helping the poor and the sick and the needy and actually going on mission trips or local mission trips and, and to actually help people. Um, while also uh, teaching them the gospel while we're there, of course. Yeah. Do you feel part of that trend is they just feel uh, a need to, to, to help people? They have a little bit more compassion, you think, that they're, they, they're desiring to be involved in those things? I think so, yeah. I think that there is a genuinely big – I think they have huge hearts, and I think it's hard for people to see that. Um, I think that uh, we see the news, and sometimes they can twist it when they see – people of my generation or the younger generation protesting things or or getting upset over things but i think that the root of that is that they just genuinely care so much but sometimes they just need people that can kind of help guide them and how to direct that compassion and to be done so in the right way and i think the church is a great place to do that i mean obviously you don't want to go so far in the direction that you just focus on that and leave out the gospel completely but i think those two go side by side and as long as the gospel's intertwined in it all and you don't lose focus on that, 
Right. And there's a, it's a perfect place for all that to happen and for them to direct that energy towards. So, so what is yeah. your youth, what are they facing? What do you see they're dealing with day after day and they're coming to church, to your group, and they don't know how to handle it? What are those things they face? I think there's a big increase in students struggling with depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that a lot with, with my generation, but this generation especially. I think it's just because... And I don't know if it's just me, but I look to social media as a big part of that. I think social media is a great thing and it's a great tool and great resource. But I think that we've just taken like a lot of things in our life and it's becoming uh, something it wasn't created to be. And and it's become this fake reality and that students can can students that might not fit in or might not belong. They feel like they can dive in there and they can have a thousand friends. But then eventually it's going to come in their head that, that it's not real because they go to school and no one talks to them. Or, mm-hmm. or if they have issues, they just, they just try to forget about it, enter this like alternative world, whether it's social media or even video games. Uh, now with online gaming, they can literally have a whole virtual world that they can just escape to. And so I think with depression, anxiety, just it's just so prevalent. And, and you log on to social media or the news and you see uh, students committing suicide. And it's just... I feel like we're seeing that more and more, and students at least are struggling with that. I know we have students that have struggled with the thoughts of that, with either suicide or self-harm, and that is a huge challenge because I just don't feel like that was as prevalent when I was their age right. uh, to deal with those issues. I mean, we had students who, who drank and did drugs, and oh, while that's still a huge issue, uh, I don't think we really had to deal with as much of the self-harm and the depression and just the mental illness uh this epidemic, I feel like, is what it is now. That's with our students now today. Yeah. Well, do you feel like that the uh, uh, the family has had any impact on this, negative or positive? Are you talking about the family structure now? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, I think that, I mean, you add split homes into the equation that it really doesn't help so much, especially when you have two sets of parents or just a set of parents in different homes that aren't on board, yeah. uh, especially if you have one that is a believer and one that's not. Uh, you have a kid that can be pumped about church and the gospel with for going home to a parent who's not a believer. It's really hard for them to to have that identity when you don't have a parent also helping build on top of that. Because um, we we see the students two times a week mostly. Uh, for those that are active, we think that the ministry at home is way more important than even what we're doing is because the parents have them every day. And so if they're going home to a parent who who's not a believer, it makes it really hard to kind of build on that and for them to grow in their faith when they don't have a parent who's kind of modeling that and kind of helping them build on top of what we're teaching them each week. So what are you doing to try to to tackle that, to really meet their needs? What are are you trying to do? We try to structure everything we do, uh, especially when it comes to, to what we preach and to what we feel that will connect with them and kind of point them to Scripture and helping their needs. Uh, and what they want, not just preaching topical sermons, just of our opinions, but really like find what does the Bible say about depression and how to handle in those moments or when we feel anxious and pointing them to scripture and to God's word and really pointing them to that, to the importance of prayer, to, to leaning on God during those times and not trying to figure it out and do it themselves, but also trying to help equip parents however we can meeting with parents, letting them know that, that my office door is always open, that my phone, uh, they can always text me and message me, and that while I might not always have all the answers, we can kind of work together because it's definitely more of a partnership and teamwork than them just dropping them off and expecting us to kind of help them grow. It's it's a partnership and kind of working together with that. Well, that's great trying to educate their parents because I'm sure there's a lot of those parents that don't understand their kids. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you don't understand them, you don't know how to help meet their needs. And parents, they're really on the front line, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And and I think that it helps with me. I mean, since I'm 27, that while there is, I think, even a huge difference even between the millennials and Generation Z, I'm still close enough and not that far removed from high school that I don't remember some of what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's somewhat helpful, um, but also just helping parents see that maybe things that they don't see sometimes, especially when it comes to social media and the importance of saying, hey, you need to you need to be checking on their phones and not just give them free range and let them do anything they want. You need to be monitoring what they're doing on their phones and video games and all that because some just don't know the capabilities of what they can do online and through social media and how far uh, that they can go through that and just the easy access to different things that, that other generations didn't have easy access to. Yeah, and that can definitely harm them, can't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, tell me about this. Uh, what, what do you feel like, and I know you 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 take your group on retreats and things, but what do you think uh, it does? It, it, how does it impact a group or your group by taking them away overnight someplace? What kind of impact does that have on them? I think it has a huge impact because that's where I, we see these real authentic friendships form and these bonds form that's really hard to do at church. I mean, you get uh, in a church setting, um, it's easy to come in a room, see your same friends that you see every week. Uh, and just simply stay in your group and talk to them. And when you go outside of the church walls, it's not you're kind of being forced to kind of sometimes make new friends, especially if you do breakout sessions and you prearrange their rooms and who they're rooming with. And and they're kind of almost forced to be like, okay, I mean, if this person's going to be in the bed next to me or if I have to sit with this person for the weekend, I guess I need to talk to them. <laughs> and so that I've had people uh, that are seniors that have literally probably grown up with the same kids since they were in kindergarten all the way through And I put them in the same room together at camp and they're like, I feel so bad. I've literally known of this person and gone to the same church with this person for most of my entire life. And I've missed out on this friendship that I could have had. And so if we ever have a kid that their parents just like, I just don't feel like they fit. I don't feel like they belong. I'm like, well, have they gone to camp? Have they gone to mission trips? Have they gone to the retreats? Have they done anything outside? And they're like, well, no. And I was like, we'll just send them. They, they might not want to at first, but I promise that almost every time they come back being like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I fit in now. Like, I feel like I do belong. And, and we do try to create that environment at church as well. Um, but we kind of use these retreats as like kind of a stepping stone and building block to allow us to do that and to kind of teach them. Because if anything, those that might not feel comfortable going away someplace yet, they leave these places and come back and talk about it and say, you need to go to the retreat next year. You need to go to camp. And, and we see those friendships form. And I feel like that in the past couple of years, especially, I've seen just the huge impact that it can make. Well, Matt, thank you very much for taking the time and coming to share with, a, you, with us about uh, your ministry and what's going on and your heart and your insights, which are very valuable to all of us. And thank you for doing that. I'd also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. And uh, I hope that you'll tune in next time uh, to hear what, uh, what we have to share with you. If you want more information about us and about what we're doing, you can go to TennesseeBaptistCamps.org or you can follow us on Facebook. Just search for Carson Springs Baptist Conference Center or Linda Valley Baptist Conference Center. If you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, feel free to comment and rate us. We would appreciate that. Hope to hear you back, uh, see you back here next time. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.